Welcome in once again. I think you're going to love this talk. Thank you very much for being here. It is Women Really Mean Business presented by Athena International. And I know you have a lot of different ways to spend your time. And the fact that you're making time for us this week, we really appreciate it. Now, our guest hails from China and her name is Polly and you spell the last name NG, but she pronounces it Polly Un. And she has a very interesting story. First of all, she is the founder of Global Women Connect, and she's held a number of different global positions in small and large companies. But what she really focuses on in this talk is no matter where she's been in her career, she emphasizes the importance of giving back. In fact, according to Polly, the more you give, the more you get. So let's give you this podcast right now. Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, starts now. Welcome to Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, the podcast that tells you the story of how women are impacting business one guest at a time. Now here's your host, Jeff Bolitnikoff, with another successful woman and her unique business journey. Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International. I'm Jeff Blitnikoff. I'd like to emphasize the international part, because as I record this, my guest, it's early evening, and it's very early in the morning for me, early in the evening for her, very early in the morning for me. Of course, I am interviewing her as she is in Hong Kong right now. Of course, she's based in China, but she's visiting Hong Kong, and giving us a little time in the early evening, and her name is, she said... Okay, just call me Polly NG, and I'm going to try to get your name, and I'm going to give it a shot, and it's Polly Un, and I want to know if I got that right. Polly, did I get that right? Yes, perfect. Thank you. Oh, that's awesome. All right, well, I'll give you our listeners a little bit of your bio before we uh, dive in, and I give you the mic. So, Polly is passionate about supporting and working with people to create value. And she founded Global Women Connect, and her experience spans across various industries, including IT, healthcare, digital, printing, and managing, consulting, I mean, a lot of different stuff. And she's been a worldwide director and Asia-Pacific regional director of U.S.-based Fortune 500 companies, or I should say multinational corporations, and just a lot of stuff that you've done. I mean, there's a ton of ways that we could go with your bio, but, you know, Polly, first of all, welcome, and second of all, i just love to hear in your words what brought you to the point you're at in your career and just anything you want to share with us. Again, welcome, and thanks for making time for us. Thank you, Jeff. It is really my honor to share about my story in this podcast. I would like to start a little bit background about myself. I was actually born in China, but when I was just a very little kid, my family migrated to Hong Kong. So I was growing up and educated in Hong Kong, and I started my career in Hong Kong as well. I want to talk a bit about my career journey. When I graduated from the Chinese University of Hong Kong, at that point, my family was still very poor. So I had to take the loan from the government to study the university and then had to repay the loan after graduation. 
And when I graduate in 1998, yes, I am old. You know, I've been working for 20 years. At that point, in Hong Kong, the economy was not very bad. The job market was very bad. So it's not easy to find a job. And there were actually two different opportunities presented to me. Uh, one was a government officer job with an annual salary of 50,000 US dollars salary as a starting point. And then there's an, there was another job which was only a quarter of that government job. It's around less than 13,000 US dollars and it's salary. But it's a commercial business job. So I made a decision at that point. I gave up the government job, which was a big starting point salary, that my parents always want me to have a stable and lifetime job like the government job. But I did not take that. I took the business job with a very low salary. And at that point, I actually admire those people and those young people who already know their dreams and what to do in their career after the graduate school because I did not know. But the only thing I knew very clearly at that point, I didn't want to do a routine job like a government job without challenge. And I see myself, I can create some impact and value to the business world that I want to try. And with the, you know, the financial pressure on me at that point, I still wanted to take that challenge of a low paid job but in the business world. And then, uh, however, I was actually very lucky and I joined a Fortune 500 multinational company, which is Kodak, uh, later in 2000, year 2000, and with their B2B business. And I eventually took up responsibility of the digital document management. And eventually I woke up uh, to become the Asia Pacific Regional Business Director, or what we called internally Asia Pacific Regional General Manager for their document management business unit. Um, and then later on, I also took up the role of a worldwide director of the sales operations of the entire company to lead a global sales process standardization project uh, for the entire company. Mm, so I have been in the IT industry uh, for very long, actually, 12 years. And at that point, I didn't think that I am a female in a very male-dominated industry until later when people asked me, I thought, oh, yes, I was in a male-dominated industry, but at that point, you know, I was very much focused to, to learn and to do my best to achieve the results and the goals. And along my career path, I actually was really lucky that I have a lot of mentors, both male and female mentors, they try to support me and guide me. For example, in 2009, when I start to lead the Asia Pacific business, responsible for the entire PNL, I was given several mentors. So I thought I was, at that moment, thought I was a problem girl. I was given so many mentors. One of them was the HR director of the entire Asia Pacific. She's a you know woman. And the reason for that is that because 
leading business in Asia as Asia Pacific, including Japan, Australia, and New Zealand, was not easy as a woman because there are countries in Asia which are which is very male culture. So uh, I need to lead a team of basically all men, and they are more senior and mature uh, than me. So it's important that I have a female guidance and mentor to help me to serve through, you know, how the way I work with my team in Asia. And I was also given a uh, another mentor with a man, an MD, managing director of India for the entire company. So, to, to, you know, to share with me what you think in terms of a male mindset and uh, how to manage an entire company of a country. So at that point, I start to realize, oh, yes, I am a female. Uh, I have some differences uh, as compared to men across countries. But I, I actually very lucky have all these mentors. When I was promoted to uh, be the worldwide director of sales operation, I also have mentors from Europe. I have got the CIO of the company to become my mentor as well. So that helped me a lot. Then after the 12 years of working in the IT industry, I start to feel, I start to feel that I can't think out of the box. So I want to challenge myself out of the comfort zone. So in order to do so, I left Kodak, I left the company where I've been very comfortable with a lot of opportunity. I I want to consider to learn a lot different aspects of running a business, running a company. So I would like to join at that point a small and medium sized company focusing in focus in China. And because I want to create an impact for the company and also for an industry. Again, you know, like when I was graduate, I did not know which industry, what to do and what. So, but however, I'm very happy. I was very happy and I'm still very happy to explore and learn from this different industry. So I started to join um, healthcare solution company in China as their president. And then I also became the partner and managing director of a managing consulting company where I can learn a lot more uh, work with you know, a lot more of different industry and work with different clients in China. So from then on, I, 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 you know, my time was more flexible. Then I thought it's time to give back. So in 2013, I was lucky. A friend, a good friend of mine from Hong Kong, she came to me and had an idea about making a non-profit project to nurture and nourish young generation, young people to become service leaders and, you know, to service and contribute to the Hong Kong society. Because like me, when we graduate, we really much focus on you know, our career to do work and forget about we can also at the same time contribute to the society. Give you a little bit background because in Hong Kong where we uh, young people start to learn to do volunteer work and service to the society. That's what we learned when we were young. And I used to do a lot of volunteer service uh, to the society, to the community when I was studying and uh, when I was young. But after I graduated, I did nothing. So at that point, that triggered me, yeah, why there's a conflict between doing contribution and community service and career. So I I did like this 
project. So I start to co-found the Hong Kong Youth Service Leader Award with two other co-founders. And then later, and also found another um, NGO, non-profit organization called Global Women Connect, just you mentioned. And to become a platform to connect people globally to learn, share, and invite each other. Because uh, me, along with my, my, uh, my team and other co-founders, we be, truly believe in the global synergy. We can learn from each other. And we truly believe in the diversity. So our mission to, is to unleash the potential of women at different stages of life. That's my story. And uh, last year, I decided to go back to school to learn again, to study a PhD. And because of my passion about leadership, uh, based on because of my work and job in the past 20 years, and, the same, and at the same time, I do have a lot of passion about entrepreneurship. So I come back to school uh, with the Nottingham University. They have a China campus in Nipo. So I studied a PhD uh, with the topic of entrepreneurial leadership. So that's my a brief introduction about myself and my journey. There is so much there, and we could really do a four-hour interview on that bio. It's just uh, what a great story. The one thing I want to focus on, well, there's a couple things I want to focus on, but the first thing is is just that one of the Athena principles, of course, and we're going to get into your Athena principle later in the interview, but it just seems to me that you really embody Act Courageously because, as you stated in the interview, Early on, you came from a very poor family, had to take loans out, and your parents really were saying, hey, get that government job, get that stable opportunity. But you decided to take something with a much less of a salary in business, and it's really led you to the career you've had now. Now, there's nothing wrong with having a stable government job, and it's a fine way to make a living. But you showed an entrepreneurial spirit early on, really had to go against the wishes of your family, and had to take less money when you didn't have any money to begin with. So where did that courage come from, and where did that entrepreneurial vision come from? We will hear more from our guest in just a second. But first, Athena International has a big event coming up in October. October, and you should be there. Let's take a pause and get the details from event co-chair and Athena International board member, Sherry Jones. Want to enhance your leadership skills? Join us this October in the beautiful Hudson River Valley, New York for the 2019 Athena International Women's Conference. We're celebrating the 20th anniversary of the Athena Leadership Model and the impact of the eight principles of enlightened leadership. Register at becomingathena.org. I did not think about that, but I think it's embodied in my family and my father. My father came to Hong Kong using a 200 Chinese dollar loan from the Valley because, you know, that's the way that he can raise his children, that is me and my sister and brother, in a better environment and got better education. So I, you know, really admire him has such a courage to do that without money and also took loan 200, you know, RMB only from the relatives and moved my family to Hong Kong 
without him doing so, I would not know where I would be at that point in China because my hometown in China was very, very poor, still poor now. And also, one thing, the culture of my hometown is also male-dominated. So meaning, boys will be given more opportunity to educate. Girls and women should stay at home. However, my father really thinks girls in his family should also educate up to the university. So I really think it's possibly because of my father. Well, let's talk about Global Women Connect. And so if somebody is listening right now and they find it to be intriguing, and I find it to be intriguing, what are the things that you're doing for women? You have really talked about how you're helping women at all stages of their career. So I'd love you to explore more about like a woman that's listening right now that says, hey, I'd like to connect in with Global Women Connect. What can she expect? What What are some resources that are there to help her? Mm, good question. We are a team of a very small team now. We actually do not have a lot of resources. However, we start with a very good and you know passionate signature global mentoring program. And we feel passionate about that. As I said, I am very lucky. I was and I'm still very lucky. I have a lot of mentors in my life, personal life and career life. Without them, I would not think I could achieve what, who I am now. So we think this is important to have a mentor at different stage of life for the women and enable them unleash their potential and achieve their dream as well. So if any woman would like to learn more, be inspired, and it's good to join our global mentorship program. There, there are two different levels of this mentoring program. The first level is the Sophia mentee. Those women who are you know, senior or middle management have 15 or more working experiences. They can join us. They want to be the next level to the C level or to the board level. Join this program to learn from, you know, CEO of multinational companies, successful entrepreneur or director of the board. And then, but because our vision is to enable everyone to contribute. So the mentee who benefit should also contribute back to the platform so that she can become the Sapphire mentor to mentor the Ruby junior mentee. So meaning women who just graduate to work or just have a few years of working experiences want to have some guidance and share experiences by senior people and can join us as our Ruby mentee. And our Sapphire mentors who are also women have gone through all the challenges in the career life, can also help them and guide them or share experiences and learn together. Let's talk about that mentorship and then also rising within a corporation because you really, as you said, you started out with nothing and you rose to the sea level. So I'm sure that women listening right now would like to know the right path to take or how you should go about taking your path is probably a better question. And your career seems to be built on a lot of listening 
and plugging in with mentors. And I would just love for you to explain to the audience as to how you would suggest that somebody could get to the sea level like you did. Okay. Well, I can't say I'm at the sea level, but a senior position to oversee, you know, I think this is first I thought it's important for any one of us to really listen to our heart. Uh, for me, I did not know my dream, but I knew what I don't like. That is important. I think we can't against our own wish and value. So listen to our heart is important and do something that don't against our wish and value. And along the way, I think, as you said, listening is important and continuous learning. When we listen and then learn and then practice and be willing to speak up if there's something that you think is better than just follow the rule. If nothing wants to follow the rule, but that if there's something is better, just speak up and try to improve. I maybe sometimes I'm a professionalist. So I I know I'm also very much there to speak up to my managers when I was young. Uh, if I see something much you know what can be done, that's what I think that's because of this I have a lot more opportunities and I have a lot of failures as well. And I see failure as an opportunity for me to learn much, much faster. And so I guess I, I don't, you know, we just don't have to afraid of failure and just have to love failure. I fail and I learn much faster. When I was at some point, I, I had a big failure in my career, but I wasn't work. I, I did not able to work out very nicely with my manager at that point. And uh, I was given other opportunity then uh, instead of working with that manager. At that point, I was very done and not sure about myself, but I start to see, listen to myself and see what I could learn from the failure and what are the lessons that I've learned instead of wasting my time, you know, to become emotion and done. And then I realized that what he said, I wasn't listening enough. And that is, that was an important point for me. So quickly, I learned a lot from that relationship. So again, my point to everyone is that listen to our heart, don't afraid of failure and have the courage to fail and then but learn from the failure and at the same time listen, learn and practice. That's very interesting on the failure angle. I've never heard of that before, but failing allows you to learn faster. Can you expand on that as to why you believe that failing actually gets you further ahead faster than you would have been? Because I find that to be a fascinating concept, and I'd love you to expand on that. When I fail, I will reflect what happened. If I have used to be, you know, like smooth, stable, and successful, I would not know there are, I have other perspectives and weaknesses that I can do better. And I will always be in my comfort zone, actually. And I would think that's the way it should be. But when, when there's a failure, meaning 
that something in me don't work, and I have to know that, and I have to reflect what really that means, and what doesn't work, and what will work, and then from then on, I learn something new, and I the other thing that I learn to control my emotion and be confident of myself, even the uh, failure. When I fail, if I continue to to have the feeling that I fail, I can continue that throughout my life. But that's not important. I have to think about yes, I fail this time, but that's something I can learn. And then there are other things I am good at as well. If I learn from this failure, meaning I improve. So that's my philosophy. And I, I, I fell in my career at some point. I fell in, you know, relationship as well. But if I don't learn from that failure, I will have waste of my time. So I, for me, failure and failing is a, a good way to improve and learn quickly. And I, 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 I actually have that experience several times in my life. Well, let's talk about, and that's something that a lot of us struggle with, is having an emotional reaction. And when you have an emotional reaction, more often than not, it's going to not be the right thing you should do at that time. So could you give us some ways that you've trained yourself to control your emotions? Uh, good question. Well, I think... Uh, for me, when my emotion came, and it doesn't mean that I will yell. I don't scold people, I don't yell. That's emotion for me, I, that I feel something wrong with myself. I always criticize myself, and I will hide, you know, be alone to go through that emotion. My way of getting out of that is I let my emotion come out. I don't want to suppress it because that, you know, that would accumulate. So I let it go out, come out, but with, not in front of people. And then I tell myself, yes, I can't drag it too long. You know, I can let it out and then relax. And then I should be able to, I should come out of this emotion quickly. It's just a waste of my time. And I have other more meaningful things, a lot more things waiting for me to do. So I just hide myself for a, a little while and talk to myself, listen to myself, calm down, and then focus to achieve something that I plan to achieve. All right, that dovetails into another question, and this comes from your bio, and it seems to me that when you're controlling your emotions, it allows you to think clearly. And to me, this statement that you made in your bio, or rather, should I say, it's a question, and it's something you always ask yourself, and you tell leaders to ask themselves this, what value can I contribute first? And I think that's a, a great question to ask. And if you could expand on that, that would be awesome. Mm, I, I don't know. But starting from young, I would see, you know, anything I do, I will ask myself, what is my value? What can I contribute? For example, people will look at, in a career, people will look at, you know, what over? what salary benefit over from the company instead of what I can contribute and add value to the company. 
but I, I actually, people say I, um, I'm still, but probably I most of the time look at what value I can contribute instead of looking at what, what I, what kind of reward I can get first. But however, this is important, you know, what throughout my career life, I learned to give more than to take. Actually, and eventually, I take more. I take more because of I gain a lot more knowledge. I learn a lot more. I have a lot more, you know, in-depth relationship by being uh, willing to give more, to contribute, or to add value more. So I do not have a rational or mechanism to do that. It's just the way that I used to think. Yeah, I'm not sure if that answers your question. It's a great, no, it's a great answer, actually, because it reminds me of, okay, I'm a swimmer, and this is the irony of kind of giving energy, so to speak. So I always think to myself that, okay, if I'm swimming all the time, then I'm going to get less energy because I'm expending energy. So I'm going to have less to give. And it's almost like you have like this finite amount of energy to give. But when I am swimming and outputting that energy, I find that I am more energetic. I'm giving energy out, but I'm getting more energy back. And I think the same principle applies to giving of yourself, contributing, if you will. What do you think about that? Because it seems like the more you give, the more you get back. And that's exactly what you're saying. Yes, I think so. You have a great example, too. I like that example. And I think it's because of that I work harder than, the, you know, I give more than the normal people. That's why I have all this opportunity given by the company. <laughs> I look back, I think that may be one of the reasons. And I would like to give you one more example. That point, at some point, I think a few years back, I got a headhunter to offer me a job, which become the co-founder of a uh, startup company, a fintech company in Hong Kong. So um, that Hunter was interviewing me on the phone and, you know, asking me about because it's a co-founder position and the salary at the beginning will not be high, blah, blah, blah. You know, at that point, I, I was anxious to get that position because I like this, you know, challenge, something new that I haven't done before. But I start, when I start to uh, ask for reward, for example, I said, well, maybe the minimum salary with that and that, you know what? I lost that opportunity. And I thought, well, that, that wasn't me. I don't used to do it like this. And that's a completely opposite example. And I said, okay. So I, I felt uncomfortable after saying this actually. And then I said, okay, no more again. And I had my first try, but it didn't work out. And I, I didn't get this opportunity eventually. So I just want to tell you, I am always positive, but sometimes, at some point, I was not always perfect. I am not always perfect, but I learned. And I think that is the hallmark of great leaders is, is that they have failed a lot. They've learned from those failures, but they have internalized what they've learned, and they get up, they try again, and... But they come back better than they were before because of the lessons they learned. Would you agree with that? Yes, 
I think so. Thank you. I think learning is important uh, in personal life, and all of us are leader of our life. It's important to learn, and don't afraid of failure. Well, let's round into our final questions here. And of course, there's usually two Athena-based questions, but you answered the one beautifully that where we talk about women elevating other women and celebrating it. You certainly do that all the time with Global Women Connect. So let's go into our eight Athena leadership principle question. And Really, you embody pretty much all of the, in fact, you do embody all of the Athena leadership principles. I wish I could get you to comment on all eight of them. But unfortunately, with the time that we have, I can only uh, have you comment on one. But I think this is a great one for you to comment on. And of course, this is directly from the book, Becoming Athena, Eight Principles to Enlightened Leadership by Athena International founder Martha Mertz. Of course, your principle to comment on is foster collaboration. What does that mean to you? Um, to me, I am very lucky. Early in my career life, I learned the importance of collaboration because when I was working in the IT industry, I managed the business. Uh, our clients actually looking for total solution, total document and information management solution. But our product is more like a component, a scanner and uh, software, scanning software. So we learned to collaborate with many different business partners like IBM, Microsoft, and some consulting company like Accenture in order to provide a total solution to the customer. And sometimes we even collaborate with competitors like HP and Ricoh because they also have the same scanning solution. But however, we look at what is the best solution and best component to offer as a total solution to the client so we can work with the competitor on the total solution as well. So early in my career life, I learned the importance of collaboration. Then with GWC, Global Women Connect, because we have limited power, manpower and resources, and however, we know our own core competence about this mentoring program. I remember when we launched this mentoring program, people asked me, what is the difference of the GWC mentoring program compared to other NGO or women mentoring program by other foundations? I said, we do not need to differentiate or compete with them because we are all doing good to service and give back to the society. We have to collaborate, leverage our strength. So I think um, I remember Mother Teresa she said, none of us, including me, ever do great things, but we all can do small things with great love and together we can do something wonderful. And I think that is important. I admit GWC is small, but every one of us do small things, we combine together to achieve a bigger picture and a bigger mission. For example, GWC, we we actually have members, mental mentees all over the world. We don't have a particular location that we have a lot of members together. But however, our members would like to have activity, connect with each other. So we collaborate with different organizations. For example, in China, the recent example is we collaborate with SIP, 
China European International Business School, which is the top MBA school in China. We collaborate with their women uh, association to launch a women leadership forum in March this year. Because of the synergy and the collaboration with them, we have that over 250 people joined the whole day forum together. And our members enjoy a lot and learn a lot as well. So I think, again, we do small things, but the collaboration is important. And GWC is a way to foster collaboration. Well, let's get into the resource question. And I know a few resources that you've already mentioned, of course, get a mentor and get a mentor for every stage of your career. I know that would be one resource. I'm also going to mention your website. And I think that women should definitely plug into this. It's globalwomenconnect.org. And you can check all of the great stuff that's there by going to, again, globalwomenconnect.org. But, Polly, what are some other things that you think that women should plug into as they're listening to this podcast? What are some resources that uh, you would recommend? Mm, I think no matter men or women, we should try to give back and to don't, do not mind to give more than we take. I think this is, is important because it's important that if we want to do something, change the world, we have to change ourselves. It is also very much aligned with my Chinese culture that everything starts with ourselves. So I would really want women and everyone, you do anything if it starts with ourselves. If we want people to do certain things, we do it ourselves first. And one of the reasons we want to unleash the potential of women because we look into ourselves, what are, what is our potential, our confidence. That is the fundamental important thing for women to, to get to, you know, climb up to the career ladder to in the leadership position. Of course, there are other like policy, process and structure and system that will help women to get into the leadership position. But the fundamental thing is, we ourselves, we need to start from ourselves. You know, try our best, work hard, see our own potential, be confident. I think that is the message that I want to convey to all the women around the world and, um, and also men as well, because this is applied to everyone. Well, Polly, this has been a very interesting interview as people that listen to this podcast know I start out with the guest and then, of course, end with the guest and it's been a very wide-ranging and wide-reaching interview and we've covered a lot of things but i'd like to pass the microphone over to you right now and give you the floor one more time and just ask you to address our audience with whatever i didn't cover whatever you want to tell them as we close out the interview sure um, i want to start with a very small story Several years back, I heard uh, someone say in a TV program, of course, in Cantonese, but uh, in English, it means those who can contribute are very fortunate. That really inspired me, meaning we don't think that we are poor, and because of that, we're not able to contribute and waiting for the help and support of others. I, I think this is important. Any one of us, any women, 
at different stage of your life, no matter you're rich or poor and in which country, we can contribute. And some simple things I share is also a great way to contribute. So I, I, I think this is important and it is also the vision of GWC. We want to enable every woman to contribute to create a better world, no matter where you are, in which life stage you are. That is very important. And if I can contribute, I also feel that I'm very fortunate and I'm very happy. Well, I am very fortunate and happy to have had you on the podcast this week. And Polly NG, as you say that that's how people always foreigners they say that your name as Polly NG first but I know and I'm going to try one more time I think I've still got your last name Polly uh right excellent Oh. Thank you. Hi. Hey, listen, it's early in the morning for me as I record this, and I'm very proud of myself that I got that. So, but, uh, Polly, thank you so much. It's been a, again, it's been a great talk, and I know that your time is just at a premium. And, of course, you're running a great organization with Global Women Connect. And, again, I'm going to encourage our listeners to check that out at globalwomenconnect.org. But Polly, uh, the founder and chair of Global Women Connect, thank you for spending so much time with us on the podcast this week. It's uh, my honor. I'm very happy to speak to you and hope I can share something that the audience would like and can inspire them. I would say that you definitely accomplished that. Thank you so much. On the next episode of Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, our guest is going to be Gayla Jennings O'Byrne, and she's the founder of Intent Manifesto and an advocate for female entrepreneurs, especially women of color. And in this talk, she details how women need to support other women as the face of entrepreneurship is changing. Here's a little bit from Gayla. Be intentional and try to support a woman entrepreneur sometime over the next 30 days. We could really use your help to grow. And it's very easy for you to do. All you have to do is rate and review us on the podcasting service that you use, such as Apple Podcasts. It is so valuable and important, and we appreciate you. We hope you're back for the next episode of Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International. 